Hello and welcome to your shout on radio. You've joined us on the Blair and Blaze series. This is all about the power of music. After all, it does make the whole world go gladly round. We have the honor of being amidst a very accomplished, young, soulful musician. Shantanu Datta has made waves with his guitar gently, ardently playing classical music. He even incorporates contemporary compositions into his work. Shantanu, all the way from Calcutta in India, thank you so much for wanting to share your beautiful relationship with music. Tell us where and how it all began. Thank you very much for inviting me here. First, I started playing the guitar when I was 14 years old and I was uh, studying in a small town in Bengal where I grew up. And uh, I was preparing for the board exams and IIT exams and guitar was just a hobby. But I was very serious about my hobby and I was, used to practice every day. And uh, it was at the age of 18, one night suddenly I felt that, uh, well, maybe mm, the board exam and the IIT exams, they, they, are, they are okay, but I want to do something else in life. Maybe I want to do music in life. Uh, however, it didn't happen immediately, so I went to the engineering college, I went to IIT and then after passing IIT, then I decided, okay, I have to pursue music, otherwise I can never do it if I don't do it right now. So in 2011, I uh, started full-time studies in, in classical guitar and Western classical music composition. And uh, I studied for five years in Paris. Guitar performance and contemporary classical composition. So yes, that's my music education. And then I came back to India and I started working as a performer and a music teacher and music educator. And also I scored in some uh, movies as a, as a music director. So yes. When you were studying for your entrance exams at the IIT, you were sure you wanted to finish that part of your education. You never thought it would have been just music that you wanted to pursue? Well, I could do that, but uh, you, can, uh, you can say it's, uh, it's my weakness or strength, I don't know, but I cannot leave a project in the midway. If I start the project, I, I will finish it. So. Well, I started preparing for IIT when I was in class 9 and I'm talking about class 12 when I realized, okay, maybe music is my true calling. So then my father also said, okay, just go for the exam. And then he said, okay, just go for the degree. So yeah, that's how it happened. That's brilliant. I think that's also a maxim that we can all live by to not leave anything uh, half done. And uh, I think that speaks of a true artist. Uh, characteristic to go so neck deep into something and finish what you started out doing. So tell us, what has your family's approach been to your choice to be a musician and go down this path? So my mother was a singer. She, she studied in the in the university and uh, she passed away at a very young age. She was only 45 and I was only 12. So. Uh, after that I studied, I started learning music and uh, my father at some, some level he was a bit guilty that my mother couldn't pursue music um, 
as a career because of practical reasons. So when I said uh, after finishing IT, okay, I am going for the full-time music career. Logically, he knew it, it's a very tough life and uh, it's not a very rational decision. But I think it's because of that memory he encouraged me and he supported my music studies. That's beautiful. So would you say that your music career in one sense is a tribute to your mother? Yes, definitely. That's the inspiration at, at the deepest level, yes. So tell us more about this genre of music that you're playing, about your compositions. Uh, how did you make the, the narrow choice of uh, playing classical guitar composition. So, as I said, I picked up the classical guitar, uh, the nylon string guitar, um, because I just love the sound of the instrument. And uh, uh, the music that is mostly played on that instrument is uh, Western classical music. But you can play any type of music on classical guitar. Uh, but that was uh, the beginning for me, I started learning from different books and different recordings and videos. So um, that's where I got the interest of uh, doing Western classical music. So I started from Spanish music and then I started learning the music of Bach and that gave me a lot of inspiration to learn Western classical music in, uh, in a more detailed way. So when I did professional music studies, I also learned uh, music writing in the style of Bach, so uh, writing in the Baroque style, in the classical style. And that led me to the music composition course, um, where, well, you do classical music, but as a 21st century artist. So you don't repeat what Mozart or Beethoven did 200 or 300 years ago. Of course you have to know it, you have to know it very well. But what happened to that tradition? Because one of the things about Western tradition is that it is very, very, um, it's ever changing. Well, they do preserve their resources and um, their instruments and their music scores and ways of playing. But if you just study any Western art, you will see it is changing every decade, every century. It's getting changed. So have you ever wondered what has happened to the music of Mozart? Who is carrying uh, that tradition of music writing? Well, I can tell you, well, that's what I said, that was my specialization. So it's called contemporary classical composition. If you search in, in Spotify, you will find playlists like weird composer or queer composer. So, well, I am one of them, you can say. So basically, that mu this music mainly exists in the in the universities or in the conservatories where there are still funding for musical research. Um, strictly, well, most of this contemporary music is not for the general public. It's too shocking for them. Sometimes it's too ugly for them. But uh, that's where you do your research, and uh, maybe someday it will be more accepted in the society. So, do you think that? These traditional compositions allow innovation given all the research that you've done. Are there enough openings for you to add your own bit of innovation to it? Yes, of course. In fact, it is all about your own expression. Writing your own music means finding your own sound or finding yourself through the sound. 
so for example you sing a very melodious tune well i can tell you that melodious tune the basis of that tune you know, if you cut the music down it has been invented 200 or 300 years ago the harmonic foundation the melodic foundation so that's not really you maybe your music can be just a shout at the top of your voice that can be a thank you for saying that <laughs> <laughs> well that can be a shout of anger a shout of joy but also uh, a shout of uh, lament so what about playing mm, the violin string very loudly a very dissonant chord maybe that's what you want to express right now so once you do that that's an idea let's say you start the music of shout so the idea is like it's like a small organism that is growing and it has its own destiny so once you have that initial moment of inspiration okay i want to shout so the violin can do a big screeching sound all right so let's start with that and then it has a certain destiny it cannot continue in any way in other words it's not entirely up to you once you have the idea it's not entirely up to you to decide the fate of the music it's already decided it's like a small organism which is growing well if it's a let's say it's a the dog it will be like a dog but you don't know how exactly how big it will be or what color it will be you don't know that that's up to that that's the growth that's a spontaneous uh, biological growth so musical ideas also grow like that and i would i would say it comes through you after you get the idea that is maybe your personal inspiration then uh, if you know the process if you know the techniques if you know the craft you ha- the music will come through you it will guide you and eventually you will have a composition which resembles very much your uh, state of mind or your thoughts or if you want to communicate something with others then yes that's a good way i think that's such a beautiful story of creation that you probably undergo and experience every time you're creating music but this is something that we've actually asked a lot of other musicians on this series as well that do you always have to be inspired to create i'm sure there are moments where because you're a professional artist you're expected to deliver even may, when you may not necessarily be inspired so what is the difference how hard is it um do you just have to sit at your desk and be at work and ideas flow or have you gone through periods where it's been so challenging you're just in a mental block in a sense well it, it depends how creative the project has to be so if you're writing for yourself let's say there is no client to whom you have to deliver some work but you were writing for yourself because you have to write well then it's a very painful process because once the idea comes and you have to write it down maybe for 7 days 10 days you are working and you were removing the ideas you cannot sleep at night sometimes when i work sometimes i just i i see some of the not see i hear some of the music in my dreams and then i i get up in the middle of the night i started scribbling down and then again in the morning i sit at the piano i edit the music that is creating for myself the music i want to create uh, well maybe it it would be my legacy but now yeah the practical side if you want to cre- want want to create for the for your client for a mu- film director 
or for an independent song well then you know the techniques if this is the melody the chord how to find the chords or what variations can be there or for a particular sequence uh, what kind of music is suitable so then it's not about inspiration it's about knowing your craft uh, and uh, well that's it so like i said have you experienced phases where it's been really hard to create but um, there's a moment a eureka moment maybe and you push through those hard phases by just coming up with something because it's a right you know yes uh, definitely uh, it's called the anxiety of the blank page so it it, it can happen to everyone uh, especially if you are uh, looking to create something meaningful and not the routine stuff if you were trying to be more creative then uh, sometimes you will go through th- that kind of phases for me also it happens so when it happens you cannot really force it you cannot force your way out uh, but then you can be engaged in something else you read uh, different books or watch movies and uh, at some point you'll get some inspiration that will um, trigger your next uh, project so shantanu tell us what is it that uh, you see your music your contemporary classical touches evolving into in the future where where would you like to see it go where do you want to take it personally i'm sure you have personal ambition with your craft well um if it is my music then well i'm not looking for money or fame with the music but i want i want to write good music that's my first goal and then uh, of course for this kind of music to exist we need performers who are willing to play those co- experimental compositions so yes uh, i i have had the pleasure of working with many great performers but i also in the in future also i want my music to be played by you know, bigger ensembles and uh, orchestras from all over the world so yes that's uh, where i see myself amazing i mean given your solos in so many other parts of the world and i know for a fact we know for a fact that you have uh, been uh, creating stuff that has been played by a lot of other musicians across the world as well so you're an inspiration and a trend setter in that respect and that regard and so many others uh, do you think that audiences are uh, developing an ear or redeveloping an ear rather for this kind of music because you're also like you said tweaking with your research you are redefining earlier compositions so how has the audience responded to what you have put out there how has it been received how do you see that changing or not in the future so this is something uh, i've been learning since uh, last 4 5 years that uh, uh, one cannot be too arrogant as an artist if i want to communicate something new it's my responsibility to to uh, make it clear to the audience what i what exactly that i am going to present and uh, what they should expect from from this music so as i said if uh, if you are expecting a beautiful tune and uh, well i present the music of shout well it depends If it's a shout of joy, yes, maybe it will sound sound good. If it's a, just a shout of lament, then well, it, it should hurt. 
it should not feel good so if the audience is conditioned that way then well well of course it will work if you know what you were listening for then uh, there are better chances of uh, communication i think what you've just said in one sense hints at the rasa theory in indian art which is about evoking a certain emotion in the audience which was your goal as an artist and um, because you said shout of joy at the helm of everything we do is the concept of empathy and if your audience is able to empathize with what you are putting out there then you've won right then they you've achieved generating that aesthetic relish in your audience so in a sense your compositions you're saying are an attempt to for the audience to immerse themselves in an experience that you want to give them so it's almost like involving them in your own play so that they feel the same thing that you are when when you're playing so uh, tell us about your general routine before a performance what do you do typically how do you get into the groove what happens what's going through your head to be honest performing a solo recital in india in any part of india well when i got on the stage i feel very relaxed because now i can do what i love to do but everything before that that's so much work right from packing my suitcase and which uh, shirt to take and wet when to collect the laundry and well uh, how to reach the venue when and then carrying the suitcase and because i play the guitar i have to grow the nails and then what if the nail nails break so uh, i'm carrying the guitar and then fight with the airlines to let me carry my guitar on board and all these things happens and then the sound check something will go wrong and in the end when you are there the audience is waiting you have started playing that's the most relaxing thing for me i think that's hilariously true that you feel most at peace in fact when you're up there and and playing um do you have a special memory of a special performance or something that has stayed with you more than any of the others what's been your most phenomenal performing experience so far it's a very difficult question uh right now what strikes me uh, is uh, it was in paris i was uh, returning from my class i was really tired and someone requested me to play uh, a one minute solo performance for a fashion show so that guy he was an in- indian fashion designer and he, there was a fashion show and uh, one of the characters of the fashion show was going with an indian song so i was supposed to play that and i was saying yes to everything i was looking for opportunities so i said okay i will do it and it was in the evening 5:30 and at 4:30 when i was going there with my guitar i thought okay i cannot do it i am too tired to fatigue and then i reached the venue and i promised him so of course i have to get up there i didn't even carry my own costume i borrowed the costume from someone else i just went up there and those 40 seconds or 1 minutes i think i gave my the one of the best performances of my life i don't know how it happened everything you know was nice there were only 10 or 12 people in the audience but luckily two of them were very very influential persons and after watching that performance they granted my scholarship application for the next year <laughs> so yes you never know when uh, your opportunity will come So yeah that performance has stayed in my mind for a, for a long time. That's amazing. That's also about uh, showing up no matter what, you know. Yes. 
and I think artists perform always in such unpredictable circumstances that you have to be prepared for anything and uh, there's a level of spontaneity that I'm sure you would have cultivated over the years that we're not necessarily born with you know um, we start out leading regimented lives and then uh, you know that you have to either perform or show up at the drop of a hat and you just got to do what you got to do so um, what I also wanted to get into is um, we've talked about the process of creation but have you collaborated with other individuals and I'm sure you have actually and how different is it when so many creative minds come together um, is there conflict is it well coordinated uh, do you have times where uh, you know you're making a bit of a compromise if it's not working out or what is that experience like working with other artists uh, well it, it doesn't have to be co compromise working with others because if the thought processes are, processes are correct well you can find a find a middle ground yes where uh, both the ideas can w work in a certain way uh, well sometimes if you are doing film music then you you have to some directors uh, they they are not ready to give enough freedom so then you have to really follow what they want uh, uh, in terms of music and uh, well that that you can say it's a bit of a bit of a compromise but for independent projects uh, no no i mean uh, collaborating with others uh, would give you more freedom and uh, it's just like you know coming out of the box and uh, coming out of your comfort zone well so you're teaching music as well right uh, yes i do so uh, are you working with children uh, are you working with a specific age group so at present i am uh, doing only online lessons and uh, because i teach uh, advanced music theory most of my students are professional musicians from all over India and even from other countries like uh, Singapore, Bangladesh, even I have students from France and England. So, yeah, it's just sitting at home and uh, talking to everyone from around the world. You know, that's the, the beauty of the internet and uh, we live in a global world, so that's what, uh, that's what it's all about. But uh, when you start out teaching them, um, how do you make this subject enduring for them? How do you make them connect with whatever it is that you're teaching them? What what brings them back to your online classes every time? What is it? Well, why people come back that I cannot say. It's a great secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, what I try to uh, tell them or what uh, I have also learned over the years is one of the secrets of well learning anything living a happy life, successful life, whatever it is, is, uh, as they said in the Karate Kid movie, come back tomorrow. It means when you start to learn something, you have to accept. You cannot learn it in one day or one week or one month. You have to give yourself a longer span of time, six months to one year to two years to three years, and then you should have realistic expectations. So that is a mental conditioning you have to go through if you really want to make progress in something so there are students who have difficulty in that part so it's di very difficult to work with them maybe after some weeks or some months you know they start realizing that for others it's more natural so they said okay we can do whatever way you say so I try to follow some syllabus which are uh, appropriate for the particular level 
and uh, then I try to go ahead slowly. So yes, come back tomorrow. That's the secret. <laughs> I don't think we can end on a better note than that. Everyone who's listening to Shout on Radio and who's listening to Shantanu Datta on Shout on Radio, come back tomorrow. Need we say more? Thank you so much for joining us, Shantanu. This has been such a joy. Thank you, and good luck with everything ahead. I think you're an incredible inspiration to so many of us. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.